Hey, what's up, everybody? This is VP. I just want to remind everybody that I do have a new project out on streaming platforms right now titled Lost Poet. It is a five-track EP, and if you go stream that right now, I would greatly appreciate it. It is on all streaming platforms and YouTube, um, so check out Vocal Prince, Lost Poet. Thank you. Welcome to Invest in Podcast. This is VP, and today I am here with a very talented, um, very funny comedian from uh, Tucson, Arizona. His name is Andrew Scott. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Christian. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, no doubt, brother. So um, I wanna I wanna get to know you a little bit more, man. What is your background like? Where Where are you from? Um, are, are, were you um, raised in in Arizona all your life, or or um, yeah. where are you from originally? Yeah, so I was uh I'm born and raised in Tucson. Um I did a uh, some contracting for the military or military contracting after I got out of the military uh for a little bit. So I've been in you know a little bit around the US to Utah, Alaska, Florida, uh Albuquerque and spent about 2 years in Iraq. Uh kind of in the middle of my comedy career. So I've been doing comedy for like 4 years. Um, but about two of that I spent in Iraq. So that was kind of a hiatus for me. That, that was interesting to see when I, when I, when I was researching you a little bit and I saw that you're in Iraq and, you know, you did a, a little bit of stand up over there. I thought that was like really cool, man. How, so what was that like? So you were in the military, um, or, uh, were you in the army or what, what branch were you in? I, I was in the, uh, air national guard. And then uh, I did seven years of that and then got out and then I became a contractor uh, and went out over to Iraq as a civilian. And so oh, okay. while we were out there, you know, we kind of since I was a civilian, we kind of had a little bit more leniency than I would have um, military side. So we had a chance to to make those like Iraq life videos. I don't know if you saw those. Um, yeah, yeah, hell and, yeah, man! That 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 and, was some funny ass shit, man. My favorite thanks, one was so, with your with your beard, man. I was like, I can relate to that shit. Oh, dude, I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad when he, when he made me shave my beard. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my our program director in Iraq when it when I put out that first Iraq life video um, about the internet going down, he uh, he saw that shit. And he thought it was so funny. He actually organized like that whole dinner just for me to do 15 minutes of stand up in. So, so that was cool. I, I got to take those videos off of that and do stand up for all my coworkers and stuff, which was on the clock, which was nice. So everyone got like two hours of paid overtime just to eat dinner and watch them stand up. So that was pretty sweet. <laughs> I was going to ask, man. So I know as a comedian, you, you usually have a, a set written out when you write jokes and stuff. Was that, and that was kind of, you said that was in the middle of your, of your com like comedy career, right? So yeah. far at least. Um, so was that a set that you had already? No. So that was, uh, I think I only did like one or two old jokes during that set. That was all stuff I had written just for that performance, which is, 
which is pretty risky when you actually got a crowd of like 150 people, you know, you usually want to go out there with your best material um, when you've only been doing it for a year or two. But I knew like for a bunch of blue collar guys that if they were going to come out to see some stand up comedy, they were going to want to get their managers ribbed at a little bit. And so I, I wrote all those jokes pretty much just for that one night. And fortunately, most of them came out pretty good. Usually the first time you tell a joke, it crashes and burns until you figure out what's good about it and what sucks. And you got to, you know, edit it up and clean it. So it, it came out pretty good, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, for sure. And, and dude, like you, like to me, like just watching your stuff, it seems like you're a guy who's naturally funny, man. Like you don't have to, you like, <laughs> I, I see, I see comedians, you know, and you like, it feels like they're really trying to forcefully be funny. And right. like, to me, like, you're just a dude, like with all these videos that you make, um, it feels like you're just a naturally funny guy. Just thinking of these things in your head, you know? Dude, like, honestly, how- it's uh it's the exact opposite. Like, it, especially when I started doing stand up comedy, anytime I told someone like, oh, yeah, I got a stand up show this weekend. You should come to they're like, you, you do stand up. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. You should come check it out. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. It I did a little bit of stage stuff like when I was in high school and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, I, I just feel real comfortable on stage. I don't know why. Um, it, it's a million times easier to me than like talking to a girl or something, you know? So it's, uh, it, it's just one of those things. You never know what'll come, come to you and what you might find a little bit of talent in. So you got to try your hand at a lot of different things. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. That that's interesting, man. I would, I would have never guessed that, um, just by, just by an outside person looking in, you know? Yeah. But yeah. what, 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 um, you have how, how many set like do you do um but i mean obviously before the covid stuff did were you doing right. like uh sets and going to like the uh comedy stores and stuff or not the comedy stores the comedy clubs and stuff yeah. like that a lot before before this covid stuff hit yeah i was i was actually working in albuquerque right in like january february time frame when everything was starting to come down on us and uh and so i was hitting a lot of uh, stages and mics that they have around Albuquerque. They have a, a pretty popping scene out there. I, I was surprised and, uh, and having a lot of fun trying out new material and everything. And, and I was like, sweet. Cause it, when you're starting out with comedy, it, it's pretty hard to make inroads somewhere, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you notice my YouTube channel has like 70 something followers and, and stuff like that. Like everyone's doing comedy. So it's hard to kind of make a name for yourself. And, so I was really happy. I was kind of making a name for myself out in Albuquerque and then everything got shut down. I was like, God damn it. This sucks. I was so pissed when, uh, when all the bars got shut down. So it, it's really put a stranglehold on everything for sure. It sucks. Yeah, it, it is. It is kind of a, a very, it's flourishing the, the comedy scene. It seems like in, in all, in all aspects, in all, on all levels, you know, it seems yep. like there, there is a, a like a ton of comedians out there and it's hard like to, I mean, with the internet and stuff, everybody's putting out material. It's hard to go yeah. through all like siphon through all that stuff. You know, how, yeah. how do you, how do you feel like you, you kind of stand out and all that? Um, man, that's a great question. Standing out is hard. It, 
It's real hard. It It's a little bit easier on stage because if it's you and, you know, 10 other people, then all you got to do is be the best. Like all those people are there to see comedy. Whereas when you're fighting for an online presence, you, you really got to find something that, that like you said, it, it really makes you stand out above the crowd. And I think I'm still trying to find that. Um, I think one thing I really do or try to focus on is being risque without being too dirty. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to, to hit like, you know, those risque topics, but I feel like a lot of comedians just go like, try to go darker and darker and darker. And that's what they feel is going to make them stand out. And really it, it just mud- muddles up the jokes. So, so I think that's kind of one thing where I'm trying I'm kind of finding my niche is just almost like, you know, Simpsons type comedy, just risque and, and smart writing is what I'm trying to focus on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like how you said, uh, a lot of comedians like to do darker stuff. Like one of my favorite comedians is, uh, Louis CK and, and, and I was recently watching his last, uh, his last special he did on Netflix back in like 2017 or something. It was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was dark, man. Like I was, yeah. I was like, I'm used to him. Like his, his stuff is kind of like a uh, light, uh, really grimy and edgy, you know? And it's like that, that whole uh, special was just straight dark, man. It was like about suicide abortion. I was like, right. Man, right. Not really that funny. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. You ever watch Jesselnick? I, f- I feel like Anthony Jesselnick really changed the game for, amateur comedians because everyone's trying to be Jesselnick now. And he's just, he's like the guy who invented the dead baby joke, you know? Yeah. And and so everyone, it, I don't know if you ever go see like amateur stand up comedy, if you ever go to like an open mic night or something like that. But, uh, but you'll see when people are bombing on, on stage that Mm. the, their gut reaction is just to go darker. Like, oh, you guys didn't like that? Well, get this one, get this one. And then they just bomb harder and harder and harder. And so it's a, it's a pitfall for a lot of new comedians, I feel like. It's just going as dark as you can think. And and that's typically not where the comedy is. Let, let Jesselnick be Jesselnick, you know? You, you're not him. Yeah, for sure. They try to get that. Uh, they try to stand out with uh, shock value. Almost, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I forgot who said it, but someone said, uh, uh, crap. I know it was a famous comedian. I can't think of the name right now. It's going to tick me off, but they said you can't, uh, gasp and laugh at the same time. So do you want, you want them to gasp or do you want them to laugh? And if you're a comedian, you should be wanting them to laugh all the time, you know? And mm-hmm. so it, it takes a talented individual to, to do what Jesselnick or, you know, Louie or Doug Stanhope is my personal favorite when it comes to dark humor to, to do what those guys do. Yeah, man. Yeah. Doug Stanhope. I, that dude is, <laughs> that dude is classic, man. Like those, those types of, uh, he, him and like, he reminds me of people like, uh, uh, George Carlin or like a comedian's comedian, you know, like the yeah. real, like original, original type of comedian, you know, who, so who, is he is he one of your favorites or who who else yeah. do you like watching? Yeah, Stanhope is definitely one of my favorites. Um, it you know 
a lot of the classics are Bill Burr, of course, Chappelle. Um, Kyle Kinane is one a lot of your audience might not have heard of. He's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, Stanhope, Stanhope's my number one. He's kind of an underground guy still. Um, and, and it sucks because he lives in Bisbee. I don't know if you know that. He lives in this little border town called Bisbee, Arizona. It's about two hours away from Tucson. And he and I have danced around being in the same club at the same time ever since I started comedy. I've, I've been doing it for four and a half years. I still haven't met the guy, and it freaking kills me. All of my friends have met him. They all have his autograph and have you know had beers with him and stuff, and I have yet to see him in person. It pisses me right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, so he – is he one of the reasons why you got into comedy? Like has, has he inspired you in that aspect? Um, you know, I didn't really listen to a lot of Stanhope before I got into comedy. I think really my biggest influences getting into comedy were Bill Burr and, uh, and, uh, Patrice O'Neill, um, were the guys I really listened to beforehand. The the only reason I started doing comedy was because my brother and I dared each other to do an open mic and he didn't show up and I did. <laughs> so, yeah. so I had a couple of a dumb jokes written out and I went up there and I actually got some chuckles and went out to the smoke pit to hang out with the comedians afterwards. And one guy, uh, Charles, he's like, Hey man, how long you been doing comedy? That was a good set. And I was like, Oh, it's my first time. And he's like, keep coming. I was like, all right. And, and so I just been doing it ever since. So it was kind of a fluke. Dang, man. That, that's, that's kind of a, a cool way to get into it though, man. Just like on the fly, you know? Um, yeah. You, you mentioned your friends a, a little bit earlier, you know, and I noticed that you kind of um, have a, a, a crew with you and you guys do mm-hmm. the, um, the co-extincting um, yeah, yeah. Video video series together. Well, who are these guys and, and what are their connections to you exactly? So these are just, uh, they're three guys I met doing comedy. Uh, Dom DeTola, Tony Brune, and Roy Lee Reynolds. Um, and, and really just through comedy, we started being uh, real close friends. Uh, we started setting up a whole bunch of our own shows just outside of Tucson and smaller towns that are dying for entertainment, you know, like Benson and uh, Douglas, Arizona, Bisbee, Sierra Vista. So we just started, we were having trouble getting stage time because there's so many damn comedians in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's real clickish, you know, like you said, I, I kind of developed my own crew. Everyone's got their crew. And if you're not in with the crew, then you're not getting their stage time. And so we were like, all right, well, let's just go set up our own stages and took a lot of road trips together and we just became real close. So we, uh, we did our own comedy album, kind of a collaboration album called Bullies Volume One, uh, a year ago, and we've been doing the co-extincting videos. So, yeah, we're we're kind of tight. We we kind of do everything together for the most part. Yeah, I was looking for that comedy album. I could not find it. Um, where where is that at exactly? I saw it on I saw on your website that you guys were were starting to record it. Um, last year I believe it was. Yeah, and I, was, I was looking for. it. I couldn't find it though. I'm man. horrible at updating that website, man. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a tech dude. But uh, yeah, that should be on everything pretty much. Uh, definitely on Spotify. Um, it, you should be able to find it by looking up Bullies Volume One or uh, or tucson outcasts um should both pull it up uh if not i I can i can find the link on on spotify and shoot it over to you when we're done here 
and that way you can uh you can have that handy or blast it out if you want to definitely because i want to share that for sure sweet appreciate that man yeah because i i was i was just typing up uh andrew scott comedy album and i i just kept getting some actor i don't know who it was oh yeah <laughs> yeah like, I, don't, I don't know so, who this guy is so that's been a pay to my ass because uh i don't know if you've ever watched it but the uh new bbc series sherlock it's on netflix and all that um the the main villain in that his that actor's name is andrew scott so if you type in andrew scott that's all that's ever going to come up i'm never going to show up on google yeah. <laughs> i need a i need a stage name i need to be richard slinger or something like that i don't know yeah but just just pray that that guy doesn't put out like a sex tape or anything like that <laughs> he's, he's gonna destroy your career man that's, yeah do more damage than he already has yeah <laughs> he's, just gonna, he's gonna erase you off of google man <laughs> but yeah man um yeah. Um, so with this co-extincting thing, um, how, how often do you guys do this and, and what is that process like for it? I've, uh, I've been wanting to do an episode every two weeks. We, we just finished recording, uh, the next episode yesterday, but, uh, I just had a baby a month ago. So that's been slowing me down on all the editing and stuff like that. Congratulations, man. Congrats. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, uh, so yeah, we, we've kind of slowed down. Um, hopefully this next episode will, will come out mid August. Um, but yeah, that it's a fun process. Cause we get together, we write out a script, uh, punch it up and then we just record audio. So we, we have none of the, none of the video to base our stuff off of. It's just, we're looking at each other. We're both on different mics and a lot of it's ad libbed. So we're just ad libbing a lot of audio. And then once that's done, pardon me, uh, we'll take all of the pictures and then we, add and edit the pictures on top of it because that's about the only thing I got the talent to do. So it's like a really rudimentary format. Um, but like I said, I'm not tech savvy. So we just wanted to start putting something out and that's kind of what we came up with. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. cause it, it sounded really like when I watched it, the editing was really clean. Um, with the, when it went along with the vocals, I thought that's what stuck oh. out to me the most about it. Um, what I feel like, um, your strengths are in, in, in like the online videos and stuff like that, man, like when I watch your, your little skits, your skits that you do with, uh, like the job interview and, and the beard thing. Oh I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, this dude should do way more. Like I, I'm like, dude, to me, you should do so much more of that. Cause that, okay. dude, that stuff is so funny to me, man. And it's That's very relatable, you know? Yeah, because that was, uh, man, that was just pure boredom when I was in Iraq when I did those skits. Um, and I kind of stopped doing them when I got some buddies to agree to do those Iraq life videos with me. But uh, but no, that I, man, I haven't thought about those in a long time. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll, I'll think <laughs> about that. I got to start writing some more of those. Yeah, man, because when I, when I watched the, the job interview one, man, I'm like, dude, this dude, shit is so relatable, man. Is there anything worse than those dumbass job interview questions? I, I Man, I, at one point in my life, I was just constantly going to job interviews trying to yeah. get a decent job, man. I'm, I'm like, dude, I feel this Yeah, shit. That, that was me for a while. I was trying – that's what spurned that video was I was trying to find a new job so I could get out of Iraq. And, uh, and so I was doing interview after interview after interview and – Everyone was asking these dumbass questions. I was like, where are you getting this? Like, you're, you're not learning anything 
from any of this crap with, you know, you're getting canned a- answers from the people you're interviewing. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm going to take that to heart. I'm going to start popping more of those out. And if you subscribe to my channel, I'll, I'll give you a little shout out at the end of one. For sure. I think I did subscribe. But if not, I will definitely subscribe. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, need, I need everyone I can get. <laughs> yeah, you're a funny dude, man. Like, I, I feel like you should you should do a lot more, man. Have you considered like doing like a, a tour at all? Like trying to set up a tour or anything yeah. like local clubs? Yeah, that that's something that we were really planning on doing this year that COVID really fucked up for us, me and my buddies. Um mm-hmm. So that, that was, like I said, I was trying to make those inroads in Albuquerque because we really wanted that to be a, a main stop on a future tour. Um, and we were, we were kind of trying to head out West and cause my buddy, Tony knows a lot of, a lot of club owners in Texas. Um, so one of these days, yeah, that's definitely in the works, but it's hard to get, get that name up enough to where you can contact a club owner and be like, Hey man, I want to come do your club. And he's like, yeah, fucking you and half the United States do bro. Everyone who's, who's done an open mic is hitting up club owners trying to, trying to get stage time. So (laughs) we're just plugging away, trying to make a name for ourselves so we can make that a reality, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I, I'm really, um, I, I think you have a lot of potential, man. Like you're to me, you're a very funny dude, man. I don't like, I love comedy, man. I really love watching comedians. Um, like, like I said, Louis CK, um, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorites for sure too. And yeah, it's like, to me, I don't know. I, I don't know you personally, but for sure you did seem like, um, a naturally funny dude, regardless of what, of what you told me, you know, and, and, you know, what I'm trying to do here with this, with this podcast, it's called invest in podcast. I, I like to know like how, how content creators are, are constantly striving for their success and, and what they're planning on doing with their journey. So what, when all this stuff blows over with this COVID thing, what, what do you see mm-hmm. um, in the future, man, for yourself and your, and your crew? Yeah. I mean, our, I think for all four of us, our, our longtime goal is just to be able to make a living doing comedy, you know, just to quit the nine to five grind. And uh, I think that's a lot of people's goals, you know? And, uh, and so long-term I, I would love to become a touring comedian. Um, even if that's only netting me enough to, to make my nut and pay my bills. Um, I don't got to be a millionaire. I'm a pretty frugal guy. So uh, if I could, if I can make my my bill payments just going out on the weekends to whatever town and and slinging some jokes on a stage, then I'd I'd be a happy camper. Um, we're uh, we're really with the COVID stuff. We're really pouring all of our energy into those co-extincting videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, trying to to build a uh, enough of a following there to warrant maybe even a little co-extincting tour we've talked about where we can go out and, and do like, you know, a premiere show, maybe a Q and a session, and then do some stand up at the end of that. Just a lot of ideas that we're playing around with, but um, yeah, for us, it's definitely not a hobby where we're really trying to make it happen and, and trying to strike hot uh, wherever we can. 
With, with that being said, because I, I, I was just thinking about it, I've heard a lot of comedians say like they've had to move like to New York or L.A., you know, where the right. comedy scene is really big. Like, how do you feel mm-hmm. about that? Would you, would you consider doing that or do you feel like it's not that necessary? It's from what I've been told and what a lot of the bigger comedians are saying nowadays, it's become a lot less necessary um, with the Internet. Uh, and being able to really get your comedy out there and make a living off of things like YouTube or Patreon, um, the need to move to New York or LA in order to, to make a real go at it isn't there as much. It is still there, but, uh, but it's spreading out a lot. Um, you're seeing a lot of good comedians come up in Atlanta, um, you know, there, there's always been good comedians from Chicago and, and other places. So it's, uh, it's something we're open to, uh, with the wife and the kid, I'm a little tied down to Tucson. So that's Mm -hmm. one reason why, uh, why I haven't made that move yet, but it's definitely something we're all open to. Um, I forgot who said it. I'm freaking batting a thousand with remembering names right now. But But one comedian said that you shouldn't move to L.A. until you're the funniest person in your town. If you're not the funniest person in your town, don't waste your time moving to L.A. because you're just going to go broke and, you know, wind up a deadbeat. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing my best to climb the ladder. There's uh, there's definitely a lot of talent here in Tucson, which is odd. You would you wouldn't think that tucson arizona would be a hotbed for comedy but we got some real killers out here and so i'm still just you know working on honing the craft and and seeing where we can make some inroads and if the opportunity ever strikes up to you know hey it's time to move out then yeah i think it's something we're all open to yeah for sure man well um could you uh plug your your social medias and stuff like that so people know where to find you yeah for sure i'm i'm andrew scott comedy on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, we got a Twitter going for the co-extincting show, uh, the dinos Four at Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's, uh, that's about it. And like I said, uh, our collaboration album bullies volume one, um, featuring me, my buddies, Tony, uh, Dom and Roy, is pretty much on all the streaming services. Just look for uh, Bullies Volume 1 or Tucson Comedy Outcasts. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and I wish you all the best. I, I, I feel like you you guys are going to take it pretty far, man, so I really thanks. appreciate you, and, and thank you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Christian. I really appreciate you. Have a good one. Yeah, no doubt. You too, brother.